Hello there, this is Mark Bauerlein with another conversation. Before we get to it, a word about one of our sponsors. Located in the foothills of Wyoming's spectacular Wind River Range, Wyoming Catholic College, an accredited four-year Great Books institution, is built on the ancient Western tradition of the liberal arts and the freedom of the American West. The college offers its students an immersion in the primary sources of the classical tradition, the grandeur of the mountain wilderness, and the spiritual heritage of the Catholic Church. Students experience the illumination of imagination and intellect through the great books and traditional disciplines, literature and philosophy, mathematics and theology, science and Latin, and an outdoor program second to none. The college celebrated an in-person graduation with its seniors last year and welcomed its largest freshman class ever this year. Learn more about the college's unique space in the world of American higher education at wyomingcatholic.edu. Dale Alquist is president of the G.K. Chesterton Society, co-founder of Chesterton Academy, and author and editor of many books, including The Apostle of Common Sense and Knight of the Holy Ghost. I sat with him a while back at a classical education meeting in Phoenix and thought it was time he gave us an update on the Chesterton schools and their version of classical education. Welcome, Dale. God bless you, Mark. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Now, one, one thing you mentioned at this meeting in Phoenix is a classical education. A lot of energy there at, at that meeting, a lot, of, uh, a lot of confidence, a lot of optimism because of what we see going on with classical schools, classical education in the United States. Why don't you give us some of the current facts about the Chesterton schools uh, wh- where are we? Uh, h- how many do we have? Uh, a lot of students. Uh, are you opening? Any- is anything going on or are you guys just dying? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not quite dying yet. We seem to be adding all the time. Right now, we have 45, right. 45 schools open right now. This fall, another 16 schools will open. I, I, Dale, I, I don't believe you. Yeah. 16 schools are opening this fall. And they're all going to be empty. You really have the students. The, the demand is pushing this. No, we're just emptying openings. We just we open empty schools because uh, that's why how I get these interviews, you see. No, one, <laughs> no, one's, no one's ever asked me if there's actually students at the school. And I'm afraid <laughs> you've, you've exposed me. No, the, the, these schools are all started, Mark, by the, the, the local folks who want to start a Chestnut Academy. They come to us. We've actually never started a school except for the very mm. first one. And, and since that time, we started the first one, which is about 15 years ago in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. We've never done any publicity to, uh, you know, open a Chester Academy. Every one of them has come to us and say, how can we do what you're doing? And so we, we created a model. And the second school didn't open until about 2014. So about nine oh, so years. So let, yeah. let me go back. Let me go back, Dale. But I mean, the first one opened in what year? 2008. And what was the story about the creation of that school? Why did it happen? Why Chesterton Academy? Yeah, this is a profound question, uh, Mark. We started that school in 2008 because I needed a high school to send my own kids to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good enough. Yeah, and so, um, and all these other schools around the country are opening for the same selfish reasons. Parents want to find a good place for their kids to go to school. They want... They want it right. to be classical, they want it to be Catholic, and they want it to be affordable. Those are the three the three principles that we started with. A profoundly Catholic school, a profoundly classical, 
and a pro-family school, pro-life school where people don't have to break the bank in order to send their kids to high school. And uh, we started the first one. I, I created a, uh, a curriculum based on uh, my own past experience with my older kids having gone to a, a classical school. And because I get invited all around the country to talk on my favorite writer, I, mm -hmm. uh, I, I got to visit a lot of other classical schools that were just, you know, there, there weren't many then. So I, I, I got to see all the principal ones. I liked what I saw at each one, but I liked something different that I saw at each one. And so I, I created yeah. kind of a, a unique model, and I, we, and then we added the secret sauce, G.K. Chesterton, you know, and, and teaching uh, a Chesterton book uh, or two in each grade uh, is is sort of a solidifying aspect because Chesterton is the <clears> guy <throat> who brings it all together, and, uh, and and so he's he's the perfect model because he's the complete thinker, and that's the kind of thinker we're trying to create at the schools is someone how, who. How how did you find the the first students at the school? I mean, I'm and I'm asking part of these questions, uh, Dale, because I think we have a lot of parents who may be listening or professionals, uh, people involved in education who want to know how these things get started because uh, they're thinking of things yeah. uh, on their own uh, when when they when they see what's going on in so many other schools, they they want want something. So how did you find other students? Yeah, so there other were parents. Yeah, there were two of us. Uh, you know, we were we were uh, two fathers who attended the same parish, who were concerned about where we were going to send our own kids to high school. We started talking to other parents, and uh, you know, it was just two of us that started the school. But we we talked to other parents. Would you be interested in being part of this venture? This is what we're going to do. We're going to give them a really rock solid education that is going to be fully informed by the faith, and it's going to be affordable. You know, it, it was, it took some pioneers to, to, to throw in the dice with us because we had nothing when we started, yeah. but they, they saw the curriculum, they saw what we were going to teach. And they, they not only wanted their kids to have that curriculum, they wish they could have had it themselves when they went to high school. And so, and the, yeah. And the parish school didn't quite cut it. No, the parish school went to eighth grade, Mark, and that's the problem. Okay. Yeah. So, so we, we all went to the same parish school. But we didn't like any of the options out there for the, the Catholic schools. Either they were too expensive or not Catholic enough or didn't have the, the curriculum that we were looking for. Uh, yeah. And so they're usually missing two of the three elements. Some were missing all three of the elements. Uh, but to, yeah. So to put those three elements together is what made us unique. And, uh, and we had no intention other than to start one school. But it was when other people came to us, we showed them the model that we had created and we helped other schools get started. And then it got to the point where, you know, the network was a, was itself a force to be re reckoned with the Chesterton schools network. And, and you said it wasn't though until 2014 that the second one yeah. Yeah, second happened. One's... Where was, where did the second one take place? The second one started in Buffalo, New York. And uh, it was because a, a deacon from that diocese saw some of our kids in Rome and said, who are these kids? Uh, he, liked, hmm. he, he liked what he saw. We were on a pilgrimage to Rome and two American seminaries. So that's Chesterton Academy. He says, oh, tell me about it. And uh, he said, I want to start one of those. But within that, within that same year, four other schools started. So, the, you know, when the second one started, four others started at the same time. You know, I wonder if that's sort of kind of a, a snowball trend. You yeah. know, one, then maybe four, then maybe 16. Yeah. 
that 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 that's how the word spreads. But okay, we had we had two in 2014, and now how many do we have? Forty-five. <laughs> that's just <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Yeah. And in the last and in, in this year, sixteen of those four, sixteen of those. Yeah, sixteen starting are, next is, year. Sixteen starting next year. So this year we opened about uh, fifteen new schools. So we got to forty-five this year. And we'll be adding another 16 next year. Oh, I thought 16 was part of the 45. No, no. 16 is after the 45 for next year. So we'll have we'll have close now, to 60 next year. Now, now, is there? Do, do you ever worry about this this growth? There's always the question of quality control and consistency. How do you keep them all on the Chesterton School model? Well, we visit each school with um, with heavy weapons and. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. No. Yeah. People look very sharp fountain pens. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's it's really interesting. Um, It's real simple. The schools that follow the model succeed, and the ones that don't follow the model fail. It's a real simple procedure. That's what we saw happening in the early going when a few schools opened, and so we like what you're doing, but we're going to do this our way, Hmm. and and the our way didn't work. And so now we basically say to to these new cohorts, these new schools, just follow the model and you will be successful and we will help you. But if you if you don't follow the model, not only will we not help you, but you probably will fail. And hmm. and so you have people who just really sign on who are believers, but you know, one of the, the, the great problems of growth is that you have to have an infrastructure. And that's one of our challenges now is to is to have enough staff yeah. to keep an eye on each school and and make sure everybody's um, you know uh, following the the model. But also, you know, the, the thing about a network is that everyone in the network is a participant, and there's a cer- certain fraternity and solidarity that that takes place, and everybody wants to be part of the same thing. So we're we're blessed at this point by people wanting to follow the model. Now, b- before this year, you had what thirty schools? I think yeah. you said, and and all those schools are seeing big and en- big larger enrollments. Yeah, each school's growing. Uh, a, a school can, st- and we started the first one, Mark, with just ten kids, all, all freshmen, right? And the idea is you you yeah. add a year, you know, each each succeeding year, and you have uh, four yeah. grades by the end of four years. But you you know, we've had schools start with forty kids the first year. Um, hmm. They're they're that they're that successful, and, and there'll probably be some upperclassmen starting with some of those who take kind of a hybrid of the of the curriculum. But it's a really uh, well structured, integrated curriculum where you know not only is each year well connected and each subject well connected, but you know it builds in a succeeding method so that everything that they've been studying all comes together their their senior year. It's 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 a, a marvelous program. Now now we don't. People don't think of Chesterton. The, the education philosophy isn't the first thing that generally comes to mind. And I, I don't think that the ed schools are assigning any of Chesterton's works. Well, you know, what's uh, interesting, actually, Mark, yeah, a lot yeah, of schools, yeah. uh, no matter what subject uh, they're teaching at that school, don't, doesn't, they don't assign Chesterton. So that's kind of what all schools have in common is they don't assign Chesterton. And they should. <laughs> they should just be assigning Chesterton. He really is the complete thinker. What did what was his philosophy of education? His well, philo- well, first yeah. tell us yeah. what are the what are the works that are most pertinent 
to the educational philosophy. His work's most pertinent to the education philosophy of the schools. Yeah, it's you. You won't find it expressed completely in one work, but I guess the 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 foundational book would be "What's Wrong with the World," written in 1910, and it's in in that book. Two famous lines come from that 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 book, which you've heard of. One is the, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting, but it's been found difficult and left untried. And then the other the other great line from that book is, uh, if a thing is worth doing, it's worth doing badly. <laughs> but, but that's not an educational philosophy. That's actually just a defense of amateurs. And I guess we're all amateurs in, in that regard. And, mm. uh, and and I think the, the benefit of our schools is that... Um, they don't come out of the modern education system. They are completely contrary to what the present educational philosophy is. And in that book, Chester has this line. He says, a child in a school today is exposed to an educational philosophy that is younger than he is. Hmm. Now, he said that in 1910. And that just exposes the whole problem there, where we everything in education now is according to the latest trend and the right. latest, and it's always changing and there is, is no consistent idea. That's why we return to a classical model, uh, a model that worked for hundreds of years. If, and in some cases, you know, if you go back to the Greeks, even longer than that, because we do teach the Greek philosophers as well. And so we teach them how to think. We give them uh a strong uh, foundation in reasoning, so they get four years of philosophy. Most high schools don't teach any philosophy. Our mm-hmm. kids are reading Plato their freshman year, and uh, they'll get to Thomas Aquinas their junior year, and then they'll study the modern philosophers and see what went wrong with philosophy after Thomas Aquinas, and then they're, you know what, very well equipped to deal with the crazy philosophies they're going to face in the world today. So four years of philosophy and four years of theology, foundational to everything else that we teach. But then we also have a really well-developed arts program. And, uh, you know, you're required to learn how to draw and paint. You're required hmm. to learn uh, singing and Gregorian chant. And, uh, you know, the, the entire school is a choir. And, uh, and they're also required to do drama. Drama is not an elective. It's a requirement. Hmm. Uh, and, and so the, the arts kind of lead the way because, you know, the, the world started with creation. So we, uh, we, do, we do creation when we do uh, the arts. And we see the connection then between art and science because they're both about observation and design and proportion and uh, functionality. The, the modern educational system separates the arts and the sciences right away. If one kid has an inclination towards one or the other, that's where they're shipped off to. Our kids study art and science together for four years. Let's pause for a moment to ask if you are looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium. That's the University of Dallas in Irving, Texas. Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the university offers an exceptional liberal arts education with undergraduate and graduate programs in arts and sciences, business, and ministry, as well as a campus in Rome, Italy, 
all of them preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. A uh, personal question, Dale. Did you you were raised uh, Protestant? Uh, what role did Chesterton play in your uh, your change? Well, G.K. Chesterton was the one who escorted me to the Catholic Church. I was raised a Baptist, but as an evangelical, big C.S. Lewis fan, as so many evangelicals are. And as so many evangelicals who discover C.S. Lewis find out, the force behind C.S. Lewis was G.K. Chesterton. Uh, Lewis openly acknowledges it. Most people ignore it. But, you know, Ch Lewis was an atheist till he read The Everlasting Man by G.K. Chesterton. And he said that was the only reasonable defense of Christianity he'd ever read. And all, really all of Lewis's ideas come from Chesterton. Uh, and, uh, and so that's, that's what led me to Chesterton, and then Chesterton led me to the Catholic Church. Any particular writings yes, grab you? Yes, all of them. At that time? No, 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 no. no. What, what first set you on the road? Uh, well, because because uh, C.S. Lewis recommended The Everlasting Man and because that was the book that most affected him, that's the one I started with, which is okay. not a good one to start with. It's a, it's a pretty difficult read, but it's still a great book. Uh, but then I, you know, I kind of read the basic ones. I read uh, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Thomas Aquinas, Heretics, Orthodoxy. Uh, those are kind of essential Chesterton books. Orthodoxy probably... Uh, one of I've described orthodoxy as the trunk of the tree from which all the other Chesterton books grow. Okay. What Chesterton uh, think of the city of Rome? Well, he he visited Rome several times, and uh, he he wrote a book on Rome too. And you could tell that even he was overwhelmed by by Rome. Uh, it, it's it's more than one one person can capture with their pen or, or with any form of art. You know, the, the saying about Rome sounds better in Italian, but uh, one day is too much and a whole lifetime is not enough. And you were in Rome when your conversion began, right? Yeah, I started uh, yeah. started reading Chesterton in Rome, um, like so many people uh, on my honeymoon. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so my, my path to Rome began in Rome, and as Ch Chesterton says in the first line of Everlasting Man is... There's two ways of getting home, and one of them is to stay there. And everyone else has to go all the way around the world to get home. Hmm. And that's kind of what happened hmm. to me. Do you have non-Catholic parents coming to Chesterton schools? Yes, not a lot, because uh, you know we make it very clear. We teach uh, the, the Catholic faith. All of our teachers take a, an oath of fidelity to the magisterium. And we have daily mass. All students are expected to uh, attend daily mass. Uh, they don't have to, of course, participate, but they have to be there. And um, and so we do uh, admit a few Protestants or non-Catholics each year, and uh, generally they become Catholic. They do. And we actually warn well, that them, right we, there. <laughs> that right there should be a real message to the bishops. Yeah, well, right. I, there's two messages to the bishop, uh, Mark. I mean, that's one. Education is evangelization. That's one, because usually if a, if a student becomes Catholic, the parents will follow. Um, and that's happened in many cases. The whole family becomes Catholic. Yeah. And, we, and we give them full disclosure at the beginning. So, you know, there's a 
you know, this is what we teach. There's a good chance your, your child will become Catholic. Ah. Other, yeah, <laughs> we tell them that. But the other thing is um, vocations. Uh, one out of eight of the boys who have graduated from the first Chesterton Academy, one out of eight have gone to seminary. Wow. Wow. Uh, the bishop uh, must love you. Well, the, the bishop and, and we have a very good relationship, yes. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the message we want to give to other bishops around the country, because some bishops really push back when there's a, uh, a Chesterton Academy that wants to open in, in their diocese. Right. And, and yet... Competition. Say, yeah, well, and those same bishops are starving for vocations. You know, one one bishop hmm. who didn't want a uh, Chesterton Academy in his in his diocese when I went there to to visit, he wasn't there because he was in India trying to find priests to come to his diocese. Huh. So, uh, where do you find teachers? I mean, you, you you're growing so fast, you got to find a lot of teachers. Where do you find the teachers? And do the teachers have to be state certified? Do you ever do you ever ask for that? No, we never ask for that. In fact, if they are state certified, they're kind of suspicious. And 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 also, if they have a a degree in education, we also have to really vet them extra because they may not be thinking correctly. Uh, it's it's really amazing. So we want someone who's proficient in their subject and not who uh, is is a a tool of the modern education system. I would say that um, teachers. I can tell you this story, Mark, that when we opened the first Chesterton Academy, we had more applications for teachers than we had for students. Mm -hmm. The students were, you know, they were the the challenge. But when teachers found out about our curriculum, they they were signing up. They were they were lined up. And it's pretty easy to attract teachers to um, a curriculum like this. Uh, And, you know, how, how many people, you know, there's a lot of a lot of, you know, college students who studied philosophy, but don't get to teach it. Well, here's an opportunity yeah. to teach philosophy to to high school students and, and art and things like that and theater. Yeah, it's just great opportunities. Yeah, and, I, I wrote a piece on the on the website a few weeks ago saying, look, all you humanities PhDs who didn't get a job, you know, tenure track job in higher ed because the job market is so awful, and you're sitting there teaching adjunct courses, you know, this school, and then driving across town to teach another course at that school for. Basically, minimum wage after you add up all the prep time, you could have a great job at one of these classical education schools. Amen. And actually, instead of being, you know, treated like uh, 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 the low, the low man on the totem pole, you're you're prized. A prize, and, exactly. and you can teach. You can teach philosophy. Yeah. You can teach your favorite your favorite great books. It's it's all there. So, yep. uh, are, are you are you you're finding a lot of teach a lot of people come and say. This is making me happy. Oh, that's exactly what we're finding. It's it, for me. It's such a thrill to go around and visit these schools around the country, and it's the same atmosphere at all of them. You got an excited faculty who love what they're doing, uh, an excited group of parents who are so thrilled to see their kids in this kind of an atmosphere, and uh, that's why all these schools are forming and growing. It, it's a thrill for me because yeah. you know I had no intention to start this and. I accidentally did. No, I think that that you're going to see this continue. I mean, as the as the federal government and state governments are, are pushing the public schools into ever further into 
you know, social justice, woke stuff and sexual uh, uh, material. You're going to see that they're going to keep coming. To yeah, Chesterton schools. certainly. The one of the great sparks we had recently was COVID, uh, when parents found out how how bad their schools were that their kids were going to by watching it happen on the screen in front of them. That's when they started looking for other alternatives, and we 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 were opening schools with well, other people were shutting them down during COVID. Right, right. Back back to Chesterton. Yeah. You know, I've, I'm old enough now to have seen some literary reputations rise and others fall. I mean, Steinbeck now is not what he was in, in 1971. That's right. Uh, Chesterton, Chesterton's star seems to have grown steadily brighter. Not, not quickly, but steadily over, over the years. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, that's a very correct assessment. I mean, 1971, uh, if anybody was reading Chesterton, they weren't even admitting it, right? Huh. And, uh, and you know, he, he, he went from completely being eclipsed to then people at least started admitting they were reading him. And now now he's turning up in, in cl- the classroom again. But it's been a very steady experience. And the reason I started the American Chester Society 26 years ago was really to just popularize Chester and get him back in the public eye. And, and you know, we've, we've had some great success in that regard. Yeah, I, I, I think he's more prominent now than ever in my lifetime. Uh, uh, Chesterton is, is out there. The next Chesterton Society Conference starts in July on the 27th in Minneapolis. Give us some of the highlights of that upcoming meeting. Well, we'll have uh, Bishop Barron there as our keynote speaker. The um, the theme of the, of the conference is is St. Francis of Assisi, because it's the 100th anniversary of Chesterton's book on St. Francis of Assisi. So we're, the theme is the the tumblers of God or the jugglers of God, uh, which is what how Chesterton refers to St. Francis. Uh, it was the first book he wrote after his conversion. And uh, so, yeah, so last year was the 100th anniversary of his, of his actual conversion. And we'll have, with Chesterton, you just have a variety of things. So there'll be things about certainly about uh, the Catholic faith and about mysticism, because Francis is very much the mystic, but also about uh, Catholic social teaching, uh, Chesterton's version, which is called distributism, which we call localism now, the idea of self, you know, of subsidiarity and uh, controlling the things that most directly affect you. We'll, we'll have uh, uh, speakers on that as well. Uh, we have a guy now who's a Franciscan University professor who looks exactly like Chesterton. He's sort of the, the new Chesterton impersonator, and hmm. uh, he, he'll give a he'll give a bit. It, it's it's always fun. It's because he, he's he's just a great big guy who looks and sounds like him, and uh, people enjoy getting their picture taken with Chesterton. And, and then huh. we'll yeah, and, yeah you know then we a group called the Troubadours who do a, a monthly podcast. Uh, myself, Christopher Check, the uh, president of Catholic Answers, uh, William Fahey, the president of Thomas More College in New Hampshire, Joseph Pierce, a prolific author, and then uh, Dan Kerr, who uh, started a uh, Catholic uh, boarding school in Kansas, in Fort Scott, Kansas. The the five of us. Uh, do a monthly thing together, and we'll we'll be there live and do, doing something great. special for that. So that'll be great. It's a, it's going to be a great we, conference. We had Pierce on the podcast a while a while back. 
How do people find out about, uh, about the conference? Chesterton.org. That's Chesterton.org. Mark, if they go to Chesterton.com, they'll get hydraulic valves. So um, <laughs> make sure it's Chesterton.org. And I think I, I also want to mention the, uh, the website for the schools uh, is, is Chesterton Schools Network. Chesterton Schools Network.org. Okay. Yeah, because that and is that the same place where people will find out about local chapters of the yeah that'd be chesterton.org is where they find out for the local chapters. If you're looking for the school, go to chestertonschoolsnetwork.org. Okay, okay. Uh, in the coming years, I mean, you've got 15 new ones this year, 16 new ones next year. You you think another dozen? After that, I mean, uh, at what point do you, uh, at what point do you have to hire a lot more people? <laughs> yeah, we're we're at that stage right now where we have to hire some more people for just for this infrastructure support. Uh, I don't know how long the the trend of the growth will continue. Uh, it's it's definitely a grassroots movement, and it's sort of like a a, a ground fire, a wildfire that keeps spreading. And we get inquiries literally every week about starting, uh, starting new schools. So, and when people contact you, you, you're ready. Yeah, there's a process to go through. We can start them on the process right away. You know, save a lot of questions by saying, just go to the website, start following the steps, and we'll we'll take you through it. Okay, Chesterton.org, everybody. Uh, for now, Dale Alquist, thank you for joining us, and we'll check in with you in a year, and you're going to tell us uh, where we are at that time. I'm looking forward to that conversation already, Mark. God bless you. And thank you for listening to our conversation, which has been supported by Wyoming Catholic College, which combines great books, the Catholic tradition, and the great outdoors of the American West into an extraordinary education. Go to wyomingcatholic.edu or contact the admissions office at 877-332-2930.